Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 241. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sanitsky. Hello. Hey there. The topic you added ahead of mine on this one, I almost added, not looking at the notes, when in, for, I almost added that as the last topic as well just now. Oh. <laughs> but anyway. My uh, my caption is, I thought about it a lot, as you can tell. I see so. that. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Patreon. <laughs> Head on over in your web browser of choice to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On this really lovely little website, you will find two open-ended levels of support starting at $1.50 a month to help people like us produce the show, host it, and buy some beer. Patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Yep. Mint. All right. You talk about your thing. All right, cool. Yeah, I know. This is weird that I have a first topic, but I do. So You you did this to yourself. I know. It's fine. But, like, switching back and forth makes sense, so I'm going to keep doing it. The, oh, man, I need to go way back and rewind first. So the federal infrastructure bill is something we've been talking about kind of off and on that has a lot of riders on it for things like the new vehicle tax credit for uh, EVs, the used one. But it also has a lot of things to do with, existing infrastructure like r35w bridge for instance yes. making sure that stuff that's deficient is getting replaced in a timely manner because a lot of our infrastructure is from the original 1950s we, act we've not done a lot of shit like if you so on all bridges in america you can actually see this. yeah you have that um in if you actually look on bridges when you drive past them they'll actually say the build date on it oh jesus like yeah, next time you're driving past a bridge either the first and last embankment that you're on oh yeah you have to make sure you don't have a problem there Cool. Good thing you didn't have a problem. <laughs> you avoided a problem. Oh, there's more coming. You oh, to... shit. <laughs> I'm so happy I didn't have to deal with this. Uh, uh, sorry, I had a hand explosion. Uh, yes, you did. Um, <laughs> sorry, if you, So <laughs> when you... Um, when you My beer exploded. Yeah, anyway, so when you, when you drive yeah. across bridges, either on the first or last embankment on each side, mm-hmm. it'll say the, the build date on That's it, a big yikes. And the name of the bridge. And usually it'll say sometime in the 1950s or 60s, sure, or 40s or 30s. Um, rarely do you see bridges made in the 80s or the 90s or the 70s, because it's been like the hot ticket for um, budget hawks uh, to just cut funding for weird shit that people don't care about. And usually people don't give a shit about a bridge, like... Because there's a bridge there. That bridge exists. Okay, I'll drive over. Did it fall down? No. Cool. All right. Carrying on. Like, that's like, it's a lot easier to cut funding for a bridge than it is to cut funding for, say, food stamps. Sure. Yeah. Like, that's something where people, like, you immediately see the need because, like, you don't see, like, a dead kid in the street. Um, <laughs> like, out of sight, out of mind, my man. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, if you have a, um, if you have a, it, it, like, yeah, because, like, bridges don't collapse every day. Uh, except recently. Yep. So <laughs> on the heels of this infrastructure thing, and there, we won't talk specifically about what the the the, uh, the legislation is proposed to be, because we've done it a little bit. doesn't really matter. But the irony here is this was a bridge that was on the planned route for Biden to go talk about the infrastructure bill, and it collapsed before he got there. Yes, it did. So I oh, mean, I, you can't help but it, chuckle a bit. It literally <laughs> collapsed... As Air Force One was landing, like as it was like like descending like for descent, like like to like land, it it's was conspiracy, like, man. They flew over and the jet wash broke know, right? it. Um, yeah, so that bridge collapsed, and that's not the first time because like thirty five W is the most famous one because that was like a big freaking bridge in the middle of, and it was really high. 
is a big problem. Yeah. Uh, this one also was a similarly bad problem. Um, and it was rated in poor condition as of, like, 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yep. So, like... This it, wasn't, like, ooh, that's news. No, they knew this was a problem. Like, this has been a problem for a while. In 2019... All right, let's look at the world in 2019. Mm-hmm. 2019, we did not have coronavirus yet, even though it's called COVID-19. Um, well, I mean, we, we, we did, didn't. We didn't. China, China did China, right at China's the end. Problem. It was not our <laughs> problem yet. We also had not had race riots in... A solid six or four years, um, and Donald Trump was still president. Yeah, there's Yikes. a lot of things. The world is a different place. Oh, you're thinking about going to war with uh, Iran, which we have not thought about since then. Weird how that works. Yeah, hmm. uh, but that's the thing is like the world is a completely different place in 2019, and that was four years ago, 19, 20, 21, Three. 22. January 2019 was four years 20, ago. Yeah, but. Three years ago, we were in January 2019. Are we? Okay, yeah. I'm not good at math. So if we go back one year, 21. Go back two years, 20. Go back three years, 19. Okay, you're right, yes. It's three years ago. I got to do it that way, too, because it's like, it doesn't, I don't know. I'm big dumb. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was three years ago. That's a long-ass time. Like, three whole years. There's like, like a hey, thousand days to fix this bridge. This thing's going to break. Yeah, three years later. Yeah, but when? Like, like could be any time. Like... Poor and structurally deficient are like, that's like, don't use it bad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, how about a detour now? Yeah, like, let's not use it. Or, this like, bridge. proceed at your own risk, maybe. Yeah, like, have to have a written will before you enter the road. <laughs> <laughs> State of Pennsylvania does not recognize your living will. Yeah, sorry. You must turn back. Yeah, you have to use the turnpike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to use the tollway. Hey, you will, you will be at work tomorrow. <laughs> And uh, some of the other photos of this, I didn't realize how steep it was. Yeah, no, it was like as bad as 35W. Wow. Yeah, it was a problem. Well, is it like, called Hot Dog Dam? Was it really? That was called Hot Dog Dam. I love that. Oh, the Hot Dog Dam Bridge. <laughs> the Hot Dog Dam <laughs> Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, it's in the infrastructure bill keeps getting held up in Congress because, like, <clears throat> Joe, Joe Manchin is mad about something about coal and fuck Joe Manchin like just pass the thing like obviously, we had to do that in the 50s we needed it we need to fix all the crap that's I, 70 years if old you now have, like if there's like one individual problem that's holding up was already a larger bill and it's not like a civil rights issue mm-hmm. like just let the fucking bill go like there's a larger St- yeah this isn't a political thing this is like a safety thing yeah well I mean all political things are most for safety things but like it's this is not something Only you should politicize. It's been made political. Yeah, you should not politicize this. Just like, like it's just so ridiculous. Coronavirus is not a political item. Yeah, COVID COVID should not be politicized. This should not be politicized. Like there's fix some, the broken shit. There's there's like plenty of things you can politicize that are fine to politicize. This is like me falling into a river is not something I want politicized. Yeah, I'm already saving up to pay my taxes. It's fine. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We don't want a repeat of Hot Dog Dam. No, we don't. Um, anyway. I so hope that turns into the... The, uh, the name? No, yes. the thing for the episode, the thumbnail. The thumbnail? I really you, hope it you does. You can just like save that photo. I could, but thumbnail. I'm not going to. You know me. I'm yeah, that's fair. Um, anyway, so this is officially February when you were listening to this. You would know we're recording in January. So that means it's Black History Month. And every Black History Month on Carpetrage, I try to highlight cool things that African-American people have done an automotive American, like American automotive culture, because a lot of people like to overlook that cool stuff. 
Yes, they do. I mean, um, I remember when we did this last year, I had just watched Uppity. Yeah. I had no idea who Willie T. Ribs was. And yeah. He's we, like one of the coolest racing personalities ever. We talked about Willie T. Ribs and we talked about um, <laughs> uh, Brotherhood Speedway. Yeah. Um, like, you talked about, like, yeah, Terminal Island. Like, there's a lot of, like, cool things that have happened. Um, in this one, we're going to talk about C.R. Patterson and Sons. Okay. Um, and C.R. Patterson and Sons was, you can hit this pre war bell in a second here. Uh, Founded by Frederick Douglass Patterson, it was named after his father, and it was founded in 1915. There we go. It's been uh, a while. <laughs> it has been a while. So Sierra Patterson was the first black-owned automotive company, okay. uh, and they actually made cars. Um, the thing is, though, in 1915, the only company in the world at that point in time that was using an assembly line was Ford. And Sierra Patterson was not. And Sierra Patterson made a similar car to Ford. Cost about twice as much. Hmm. Um, which, I mean, is not that expensive all said and done. I was going to say, yeah, compare it to something else similar that a, wasn't built on a assembly line. It'd be equivalent to like a $20,000 car <clears throat> as opposed to a $10,000 car. Like, okay. it, that's kind of like what a we're talking about. A 20 grand Mirage? Yeah, basically. You're looking at a difference like, between like, a Mirage and like a Paragio and Mivi. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. have not heard Paragio in a long time. Yeah, I, I feel like that got completely supplanted by Daicha. Um, no, they're in Southeast Asia. Like Paragio and like Proton are like kind of the shit ball cars. East you can Rimmers get in, or whatever. They're, they're like the shit ball cars you can get in Vietnam. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but I actually have a photo of what a uh, CR Patterson looks like. Um, Is it the first link? It's the one. If you look at the names of the links, it'll tell you. Is it that one? It's the one that says car with body. Click this hyperlink. The URL itself is long and gross. Why isn't this one the first link? I clicked the first one. There you go. Because I literally labeled them. Anyway. Well, yeah, but I don't read good. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> C.R. Patterson. Um, Ryan's just fighting his tongue over there like, you bastard. C.R. <laughs> Patterson, it was, it was founded by Frederick Douglass Patterson. He named after his dad. Uh, not himself, just because he was a great son that names his like successful car company after his dad. Hmm. Um, and this is actually what they made. They made a car that was entirely as good as a... Looks decent. Yeah, it's as good as a Model T. It has some luxury amenities, but it's not like full-blown luxury. Like, you're not like... You're not going to go like, hunt down a Stutz with one of these. <laughs> but, like, you're... Did it use a thermosiphon cooling system? Yes, nice. actually. I do know that part. Is it a total loss oiler? No, it's not. Pressurized oil system. I think it's not. Oh. I think it's actually. I'm not sure what the early ones were. Oh. I know when they moved on to doing buses later on, they had pressurized oiling systems. Very cool. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of a cool you know car. I mean, the Model T had a pressurized oiling system, if I'm not mistaken. Uh those were slingers. Really? They okay. weren't total loss, but they were slingers. Yeah, I think it's a it's the same thing that Model T had. First the, Ford engine to have a pressurized oil system was the flathead. Oh, the V8. Fancy. There you go. Um, God, I hate that I know that. There you go. Uh, but so the company making cars, they made really good cars, but they were in kind of a weird spot where it's like it wasn't quite. They kind of made like a Buick. It wasn't quite as not a nice. Cadillac. It wasn't a Cadillac. It okay. wasn't a Ford. But they were produced in like. They were produced in like Cadillac numbers. Okay. Or like they didn't like make any of them because they weren't using a production line. Um, which is like, the problem is, is like what was going on in Detroit is very different from what was going on in Greensville, Ohio, where they lived. Sure. Um, and so the assembly line, like thought pattern, like 
Ohio. To get to Detroit, you had to go through Indiana, where like everybody else was. Yeah. And nobody in Indiana was using an assembly line. Uh, they were they were all hand building everything because they were all making Duesenberg. That was the fun. norm at yeah. the time. Exactly. So they were making like fancy cars, like Auburns and Cords. Mm, coach build. Yeah, exactly. I feel um, like I should be hitting the pre-war belt more. But. It, it, we don't want to wear it out. But um, <laughs> so what actually happened was Sierra Patterson was like on the brink of bankruptcy, and he's like, "Well, I can't make cars that are. I can't make enough cars to actually make money doing this. What else can we make?" So he moved on to buses, and he actually made America's first dedicated school buses. And that was the very first dedicated school bus company in America, kind of like how Bluebird is today. Sure. It's like Bluebird's like the place to get a bus. And that's what C.R. Patterson was. Yeah, and so this is actually from the Greenfield School District from Greenfield, or Greenfield, yeah, it's from, I think, Greenfield, Ohio. It's a different city. Um,. But yeah, it's a Sierra Patterson school bus, and these were like the school bus to get, and they lasted all the way through until 1939. Um, Sierra or Frederick Douglass Patterson died at some point during the Depression, and it was actually his family that sold off the car brand and kind of just sold off the company. Does this bus only have rear wheel brakes? Yes. Cool. Rear wheel drums. No, your children are safe here. It does, I mean, I have to say, it looks like you would know that that's a school bus, even if yes. it didn't say school district yeah. on it. No, it's obviously a school bus. The thing is, though, that is actually relatively safe, because at this point in time, rear-wheel drums were the safest, best brakes that you could get, because otherwise what you'd have is a transmission drum. Very cool. Oh, yeah, like a Model T. Yeah, so you have uh, one drum on the transmission. Breaking one wheel. No, it breaks the drive shaft. Well, yeah, but it's breaking yeah. one wheel. Yeah, basically. Because the Model T did not have a differential. No, it didn't. Uh, so it didn't... <clears throat> uh, yeah, you were... Um, it, that was not safe. This, however, is kind of safe. Also, I wonder if bus. they were hydraulic. No. They were mechanical. Yes. Cable brakes. Gotcha. Yes. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. No. But they're just not as reliable. Correct. So I just think that um, C.R. Patterson was somebody that we had... This company is something that we never really talked about. And, like, they... We're pretty instrumental in American automotive history because, like, literally the school bus came from them. Like, a black man created the school bus. So I think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Black History Month, entry number one for 2022. Yeah. I love that you just you planned ahead to know when this episode was going to drop. That's genius. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> if it's taken us, what, three, four years to figure this out? Uh, we've been doing this since 2000. 17, 18. 18, 18, 18, yeah. Started in early 18. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, yeah we've, we've been doing this for four years. We've had four years Holy to figure this. shit, This man. is the first year <laughs> that I thought ahead, because I was going like, oh, my birthday's coming up. That means the next time we record, it will be Black History Month. You and I will always operate in very different <laughs> ways, and that's a good thing. So, I don't have any links from my next story, but I originally threw this in because the reason why I woke up at 7 in the morning on a Sunday, which I do not do. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, you're right. You, what, you sleep until 8. 8. Thank you. There's a big difference for me between 7 and 8. I literally, on a weekday, wake up at 9. On a weekday, I wake up at 5.51. And on a weekday, I wake up at 9, and I get out of bed before 10. I, wake, I get out of bed at 6 on the dot. <laughs> then I get to work at 6.19. If I, if I spun out of the bed that fast, I'd be like puking. I, I, I go slow. I pet cats for three minutes as I slowly go from horizontal to vertical, and then it's out the door. Yeah, it's uh, anyway, for me. 
neither here nor there, got out the door, drove to my parents' house where I grew up to pick up Dr. Wags, the 2016 BMW 328D M Sport Wagon. So for the last, let's see, she bought that car brand new. So it would have been in late 2015 she bought it. So two years after that, the car hit about... phenomenal spec for that wagon. Oh, it's it's perfect. It's white on black. It's sport. It has all the dealer-installed M-Sport stuff on it. That's so cool. It's got the LED headlights. I mean, the thing is, other than having black kidneys, it is perfect. Yeah. And my 71-year-old mother drives this thing. That's very cool. And she loves it. She will not trade it. That's why she's like, tell me what this car needs and we'll do it. I'm like, I will tell you. And I was under it today. And the the thing I'll talk to you about in just a second was the last thing that she always got like, you know, the additional comments you get when you bring it in for uh, an oil change or something. That one comment. The one thing that was wrong with the car. And what was that? The, okay. Since the car was two years old, just out of warranty, it started leaking at 63,000 miles. So the rear differentials, output shaft seals, both of them started dripping. Seeping. Not to the point where it left oh, any oil seeping. on the ground. Seeping. Seeping. That's different than dripping. Seeping is like, <clears throat> like we call it, it dealer leaking. Slow. It's called dealer leaking, where it's like mildly moist around I, it. I told her, I'm like, if you don't see any spots on the ground, it's not a problem. Yeah. This, even today, was not that bad. So what I did was, I, again, it started leaking 3,000 miles after the warranty elapsed. I'm like, I told her it's not a problem. And I did a full fluid service on everything on that car. Mm-hmm. Brakes, transfer case, diffs. I looked today because I paint pen on the diff when I do the service because that's the easiest way to remember when you that's last looked idea, at it. Huh? I did it two years ago, almost on the almost on the nose. Okay. And the diff case was wet, but never dripped. So, getting to a head here, I found out that every single two and three series from 2012 essentially to 2018 uses the same diff. So oh. it's a 281 which is insanely tall. That's a very tall. They use an eight-speed ZF box, so apparently the first gear is short enough where the 281 makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. But anyway, I found a diff on eBay out of a 230i, a bright orange one, an hmm. auto 230i, rear-wheel drive, 2,000 miles. The diff was cheap, yeah. and the seals are not. And they're not easy to put in. You know as well as I do, if you put a seal in wrong, it leaks way worse. Yeah, that's awful. So I I bought a low mileage diff for about half the price of seals, and I just put it in this morning. But I have to say, this is the first BMW I've ever worked on that doesn't have companion flanges on the output of the differential. So the the CVs don't bolt onto it. They go all the way into the diff. Yeah, like you would on a Toyota or a Honda or like any other car in the world. Or like a 70s Mercedes. Yeah, literally anything other than German cars, yeah. At least they were... Um, Actually, so no, sorry. Toyota does do a companion flange, yeah. Yeah, Volkswagens do too. Yeah, For that's the most weird. part. Huh. It, it, this was really odd for BMW, and I noticed this when I bought the diff, because obviously it's out of the car. The eBay listing said it wasn't compatible with the 328D, but I looked, and it was like the same part number on the case. And it said 281, and it had a companion flange on the front for a flex disc, so I bought it. Not only is it compatible, it is the exact same casting number and part number as the 328 It's literally the same thing. It is the same diff. So I popped that in there, filled it up with oil. Um, The only real downside, the thing I lament about having to do it on that car versus, you know, Mr. Wags, the previous generation, is those axles like if it had companion flanges that job would have taken half the time i had to take the entire left rear suspension apart on the car to get the half shaft far enough out to get the diff out that's annoying because you have to pull it you know six inches to one side to get the axle out of the diff so you can take the other one out because just 
stuff that oh yeah you're right you can't there's not much leeway i mean you That's get a little dumb. compression on a cv but you're talking maybe like a half inch i'm just i'm used to honda where like they plan around that so every time i've ever had a car that didn't have a companion flange it was designed to be like worked with like or mazda for that matter they don't use companion flanges but like it's also like they design their cars they know it's gonna break so they just they make it so you can just bend everything back. It's uncommon for a BMW that's diff so to weird. leak this early, but hers, like I said, right out of warranty, that's what happened. And I think it's it's getting more common as these things get newer, and I don't know if that's a consequence of the design with the axle you know, going straight into the diff. I don't think so. But it's worrying. I wonder if, hmm, I wonder if that stupid long like, gear ratio has something to do with it. The 281, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's less stable somehow. Or I mean, the seal's a completely different design than all the earlier diffs. Oh, there's your problem right there. It's the seal design. Could be. I mean... That's the, literally your problem. The diff looks the same. It would so, not surprise me if you could run E90 axles and diff in that car. So when I say, like, the seal makes a difference, on Volkswagen 20Ts, the whole point of them leaking yeah. is because of a shit seal design. You use a slightly modified version of that seal design, it never leaks. I will say the diff I got is out of a 2018, so maybe it has updated seals. <laughs> maybe you'll get lucky you'll never do it again. <laughs> I hope not. Although I know what to do this time, and like honestly, it's still not fun. You though. get under there and you're like, "Are you kidding me, engineers?" Yeah. And then you pull the full, full board, four bolts out of the suspension. Like that was easy. <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. But I mean, when when you first messaged me, they were coming down. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in the shower. Like I got that dirty oh doing God, a diff. It was terrible. So I don't know. I, I worry that. Cars that are designed to be perfect just within their warranty period are going to get more and more common, even though they're essentially getting better and better built as time goes on. It's not. It, that doesn't matter. This is the thing is <clears throat> you can have the best built anything, mm -hmm. and you're, you cannot plan for every contingency. Right. Shit will break eventually. Yeah. Just because molecules move around. Atoms move. Everything moves. There is no way that you can produce something to never break. It will guarantee to break at some point. So it's just best to like make it a little bit shittier and so you can service it. And put a service schedule on it. Yeah. Yeah, just make it so you can service it. Because like this is the thing, is like all right, um let's see here. About eighteen no, pre war. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is about oh God, when, when did he do this? Eighteen 60, no, 1856, I think, is when Colt made the Dracoon. What um, is that? It's the Colt, Colt's early revolvers. And the reason that gun was like the gun that won the West was because it was designed to be fixed. Sure. It, it, it had interchangeable parts. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, even though that gun was just as good as the most technically sound one-off revolver that you could get at that point in time because you could fix parts because shit will break. And yeah. he's like, yeah, at some point something will break, and I don't want to have to have them send it from Arizona to, like, New York for me to fix it. So he's like, I'll just make the part and then just send it to a general store and so we can buy it. I do remember Colt making, like, the best engineered firearms in the late yeah. 1800s. And so the reason for that is his, he actually there's firearms where there were a lot of other people that made firearms are just as good as Colt. But the thing was, you could actually get that 
hammer. You that, like if the hammer, yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Like if your if your hammer like cracked or something, you don't have to go to a blacksmith and get one made. Yeah, that won't have, fit you right. Don't have to get one made. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like yeah. So that's actually where like a lot of this came from. Interchangeable is... parts were a, a, just a universal good thing. And I feel like a lot of this. Um, engineering know-how like engineers get dumber as we go on yeah yeah. like they just they forget things and i feel like we're moving into like a dark age not immediately (laughs) but we're probably gonna be like a space-fearing like dark age species at some point a wally age species yeah like we're gonna be like a dark age like with like space colonies like in the next like five or six (laughs) hundred years because like it's like it's just diverging yeah increasingly accelerating yeah yeah, it's just diverging and we're gonna be like we're gonna be in were, were they the dumb locks and the <laughs> dude i remember like some television program had this exact contingency where like society was like the super smart brain perfection people and then the dumb locks which were like the <laughs> people living in like with you know the hammers made out of a God, bone. what was that i know what you're talking about i think it was south park. i don't think it was south park because i remember i think it was better animated uh, it could be but um either way like, but yeah like this is the thing is like I think about your mom's axle. I just think about the fact that like engineers are getting worse. At I put things. it on the screen, by the way. Yeah, and they're they're getting worse at things, and it's because they're trying to sell you something else, mm-hmm. but not thinking about the fact that by trying to get you to I'm trying to get you to buy a whole other thing. That's why interchangeable parts previously weren't available. Because right. like, well, you can just buy another one. You just buy another revolver. You just buy another musket. I don't want musket. one-time use anything. Yeah, like it's not a one-time use, but like when it breaks, it breaks. Like, it's like maybe like a paper cup, like that. Like I acknowledge that that is like I want that. Yeah, I don't want to bring a plastic tumbler with me and refill it. Yeah, no, I don't no. have time for that. But like, you know, also these paper cups and these lids, mm-hmm. they're different manufacturers. Wow. And look, they're interchangeable. Weird. It's like specifications matter. Oh, amazing. I bet that. Well, I mean, I bet the company that makes the the cover for this differential and the differential are separate. Yeah. The company that makes the seal for it's different. What I'm thinking about is just like I, I see these differentials. I'm just like, okay, let's say somebody, you know, 100 years from now, they get this car, and they're trying to restore it, and they're just like, yeah, all cars at this point in time, if something broke, you were just supposed to replace the whole car. It's like, no, you weren't supposed to. Oh, sealed they for life, They were just Ryan. designed that way. <laughs> you know the people doing this diff swap in 10 years are going to be because there's no gear teeth left on the bevel because yeah. it was lifetime oil. Yeah. And, like, like, this diff, the dirty, shitty one, already had two oil changes from me. Yeah. Because the car is 100,000 miles. Like, it needed oil changes. Yeah, it 50K, yeah. So I, it's just it's just weird to me, and yeah, like it's, engineers are getting worse as time goes on because they're giving into bean counters. And I remember examples like in Adventure Time where they find all the frozen businessmen inside the iceberg. <laughs> like it's that's you're gonna those are the bean counters. They're just making the world a worse place. Isn't it just face palm inducing? It's just so a, wild to me when a cartoon gets it so right. I know. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Like, oh, shit. Like, Pendleton Ward nailed it on this. This is exactly like, you had a bunch of bean counters that, like, caused the end of the world. And this is just, like, it's, it is a single BMW differential going to, like, be the downfall of mankind? No. But is it, like, a symptom of it? Yes. I mean, it, it just, it has to be a little bit cheaper to manufacture a CV shaft that doesn't need a flange and some bolts. It's probably slightly faster to make it, but servicing it? Which, of course, like your side, I mean, it's designed to not be serviced. It's designed to be replaced. 
you know, it, Rome didn't like fall in a day. There was like a while where they're just like building towns and they just kind of slacked and they weren't making like aqueducts and stuff. <laughs> and then Rome fell. This is your aqueducts. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're we're getting there. We are definitely getting there. Um, so, well, anyway, speaking there's, of there's that. Speaking of old things, mm-hmm. uh, England is lousy with old air bases, and you can buy them. And that's actually what the top of your test track was originally. Go to your links here. Sorry. I had to resize my window. All right. Sorry. There we go. <clears throat> and actually, the original Top Gear test track was recently bought by the British Museum of Science, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Um, and they were actually using it to test the world's first functional like hover hovercraft. <laughs> not like inflatable thing, but like actually like hovers off of the ground. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, the top of your test track is not going to turn to condos. It's going to turn to future science development for a better humanity. Assuming that this uh, is the Grand Tour track. Oh, is it? Yep. Balls. Huh. I didn't realize that was an airbase. And here I, I, I thought that was. I thought RAF. Well, it says drive tribe on the top of the roof, and they definitely that was post BBC that's era. De- that's definitely the Ebola drum when you look at the orange track. <laughs> what yeah. a great name! I hope they keep the name. <laughs> yeah, I really hope they call it the Ebola. <laughs> I'm gonna go drum. do science today. Where at the Ebola drum? It took him like so long to get a good driver. Oh my god! On, on that, and then they finally found one, and then they just like quit that whole segment. I hope she's recovering. By the way, I know she what? had that massive accident. What? Yeah. Oh, she broke her back. Holy shit, that's yeah, Abby, why they got rid of it. Abby uh, Wheaton? Yeah. Yeah, she broke her back. Oh, that's probably why they got rid of the driver thing. I don't know. Because if I found a good one, because all the other ones are horrible. Dude, Abby Wheaton, and she's fucking beautiful, too. Uh, yeah. But, like, all the other, like, drivers are just awful. So. Yeah, the American? Oh, actually, a- Abby Eaton is uh, being invited to that, so I guess she's fine. Well, so she's, I think she's still in a full-body cast or whatever. As a result, it's proposed that a few other options have become... Home of the channel's upcoming track videos, for which they'll be inviting friends like Abby, Eden, Tiff, and Adele, and Jimmy Broadbent. Broadbent. Yes. Um, so yeah, as of tw- as of 2024, I guess uh, it'll be open to the public. Um, and that's yeah, cool. The British Museum of Science owns it. I would visit that. That's very cool to me. So I want to drive by old lady's house. Yes, that's good. <laughs> With her hovercraft. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Turns out it's the Queen. Margaret <laughs> Thatcher. This, this is great, lady's though. not for turning. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is uh, cool. It's also, oh my god, this track is in Wales. Oh god. Imagine the people that talk to you there. Oh man. That's just, I should bring Brexit back. It can be a homecoming. It can be the homecoming for Brexit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to re Brexit. Did you see uh, people protesting uh, Boris Johnson? No. So he had he, he heard about how he had parties, right? No. And you know how England's had like really tight restrictions? Yes. This whole time. Oh, God, yes. The, uh, at 10 Downing Street, they've been having parties, like office parties. And Boris Johnson. While, while the. Yes. While everybody, else is not, while everybody else in the UK is <laughs> not allowed to like do anything at all. And like they're actually like they will prosecute people um, for that. Like they're very strict about that. Good Lord. And Boris Johnson's like, yeah, I haven't been to any of that. I wasn't aware of that. And they had a video of him at one. And he goes, I didn't know it was a party. Bruh. <laughs> and they're like, you were drinking a beer. <laughs> and with other people. With yeah. no face coverings. Yes. 
And so what a bunch of people did, or I guess have been doing, is they've been every day at the end of the day, they've been marching down the street wearing blonde wigs and Boris Johnson masks and suits <laughs> chanting, Boris loves a party, <laughs> while listening to dance music. <laughs> it's just like British-Mexican techno-vikening. Yeah, it, I've, I've been watching this on TikTok where it's like all these, it's like dozens and dozens of people marching down Downing Street chanting, Boris loves a party, with a Ford Transit with the door open and a bunch of speakers of like blasting electronic dance music. Is this the uh, the F-2020 scooter transit? Uh, it's just a normal oh, whatever transit. Oh, man, they should have borrowed scooters. Yes, they should have. But it was very, very, very funny. With the flamethrowers. I th- wow. I thought you would appreciate Dude. knowing that. Screw you, Boris. <laughs> Boris loves a... It's like, it's like you can hear it from my blocks away of people chanting, Boris loves a party. Boris loves a party. It's such a... The uh, the intonation is so yes. British, too. <laughs> I was like... I've seen multiple TikTokers on different days. Like, apparently this has been a reoccurring thing where I've, like, watched, like, these videos where it's like this person's, like... Like at 10 Downing Street, the front gates. And like, this is the best kind of protest I've ever heard Videotaping the front gates, and you hear Boris. Like, <laughs> and they turn, and like a block and a half down the road, there's a bunch of people like dancing down the center of the street. <laughs> it's just phenomenal. It's one of the most amazing things uh, I've ever I seen. almost forgive you for Brexit Britain. <laughs> Not quite, but almost. All right, why don't you talk about your Hyundai? Oh, let's see here. Okay, all right. Mm. I live on YouTube recommendations these days, so this is one of the last things I saw this week, and I have to bring it up because it's a new car that isn't really expensive, and it is sold with a manual transmission. It oh, is okay. the Hyundai Elantra N, and uh, it's it's not cheap at all. It starts at almost $33,000, Okay, but actually is a pretty decent-ish looking car. It's got basically everything you would find in the uh, the i30N and the Veloster N, but with That's four cool. doors, which is better. Uh, it does have an electronic uh, differential in it, but, I mean, it gives you more so than almost any modern car I've seen. It actually gives you control over a lot of those, like, uh, stability systems and even the differential. You can, like, vary the ramp on the clutch packs and everything with the infotainment screen, which I'm sure will be upside down. When you get into it, because that's the new Hyundai thing. And yes. They just like to flip the screen upside down. But uh, from what I've heard for the couple of reviews, uh, at least on the pre-production cars that have been driven, the transmission's actually pretty good. So I've heard complaints the last several times Hyundai's put out a new manual transmission that the linkage is kind of sloppy, the clutch is really vague and light. That sounds like a Hyundai sort of manual transmission issue. But apparently this one is better. Um, you can get an Elantra N line, and I, you have been able to for a couple I years. I included a video to one of the Boris Loves a Party protests. We'll play that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you were deep in thought over there. I was curious what yeah, was going I was, on. I, I was listening to you. I was also. Tr- a party. It's really I do the same thing all the time. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. It's I have to mention these things because even though I'm, it's front wheel drive and it's uh, me. It's still a this new is, manual this car. This is the other thing. Is like Hyundai makes a sloppy manual, but it's because it's a cable manual. Like they're all sloppy. But I'd like so to. So was one. a Fiat 500. Like, people and there was about a, their transmission. It's fine. It, well, I mean, people complain about, but there's also aftermarket fixes that make great shifter linkages for them. My shifter was stock for eighty-three thousand miles, and I I've never, never had a problem. problem. I like mine, but 
Like it's yeah, it's got a little rubber to it, but like it slicks through the gears so nice. Nobody will ever make a shifter as good as the EFEG EK Civic slash DCDA Integra. As terrible as manual transmission elitists like myself are, the people that go into even further and they're shifter elitists, I'm like, dude, just stop. We're way past the point where that matters. Yeah, no. Actually, no, I'm sorry. The correct manual transmission shifter, the best manual transmission I've ever felt in my life, period, ever, and I will die in this hill, column shift three-speed from a Ford two-door. I've never driven one of those. The flathead three-speed column shift is the best feeling manual transmission it feels like a gated shifter well it is technically yeah but like you know how you know how like exactly how precise your ferrari shifter is because i calibrated it like nobody else ever does that's yes. how every single one feels <laughs> and if there's but it's a probably li- nice and smooth because it doesn't have to be super strong it's absolutely it's buttery smooth <clears throat> yeah. and you just know exactly where it's gonna go you go like this it puts it in second here's a question you go for like you. that it goes in the third because I know you've heard this just as much as I have. What is, like, distill from everything you've gathered in the last 20 years, the shifter that people say is the best the most often? For me, it's the S2000, the 996 Porsche 911 Turbo. People give that one a ton of credit, and it's kind of... It's a terrible shifter. I hate that shifter. S2000 shifter is fine, but it's too easy to miss gears. Yeah. And it's too notchy for my taste. I have heard that the... uh, like the EM1 Actually, era, you know what? The Honda Viper. Trans. You've heard that one's good? Because it's a top loader. Well, so is the S2000. It's a top loader Tremec T5, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's a T56, yeah. Or a T56, yeah. It's a top loader T56. It's not like an S2000. It's a very good shifter from everything that I've heard. <laughs> I've yet to hear a single bad thing about it, a first-generation Viper shifter. And there's a lot of them that are out in the road because there's a lot of Vipers that aren't one piece anymore. True. And I, I mean, that was essentially the same trans as the DB7 and the yeah. C4, the late C4 Corvette. Everybody loved those. For a first gen six speed, probably is pretty good. Right. I've never felt one, but. I think that might be probably the best I've ever heard. But I will die on my hill and I'm going to say uh, flathead three speed. And everybody pulls them out because. Everybody pulls them out because they don't like column shifts, and I don't understand why nobody, why people don't like column shifts. So that's actually the correct way to have so a transmission. So when I flathead swap something, I'm going to have to find a way to put a column shifter on a modern vehicle. You just take the whole shifter, or the entire steering column out. I'm not going to put an early column in something. I, right. I bet I can take just the shifter rod and put it in there. Well, if you put it into a E39 M5. No, that car's too good. No, but that's already got a reciprocating ball steering system. Yeah, yeah, a circulating ball uh, steering system, which is pretty much just a steering box, like you'd have. Oh yeah, the... no, that thing is like deuce and a half. So technology. I feel like you could probably, if you ever find like an E thirty nine Sansan engine, and you really don't care much about it, you could just put a flathead <laughs> in that steering column in it. I think what you should find, if you ever like come across the chance to drive an early post war flathead, you should, because. The best way to, to like experience that shifter is in that car. It yeah. feels unbelievable. Like I take the opportunity to drive pretty much anything it, that's presented to it me. It is the <clears throat> like it is agriculturally simple. Like if you ever shifted a tractor. Like tractors actually have very good shifters. Because sure there's nothing in the way of it. They don't True. try to make it comfortable. Like, you see a shifter shaking around because it's just there. <laughs> like, it's, like, that level of simple. 
and, but like no rubber there mate <clears throat> yeah it's like agriculturally simple but like also smooth so like you can just trust it to be in gear and it's very very nice i th- without a doubt my favorite shifter is like a flathead ford shifter I shouldn't have asked this question because you're going to have a bunch of people that have never driven the opposing arguments shifter. Like, I've never driven a column shift three-speed. That's sometimes... But I have driven Mr. Wags, which has the best damn manual shifter I've ever felt. I've not driven Mr. Wags, so I can't say that. But Such a good car. I think um, it's one of those things, if you ever get the chance to drive one, like, you'll see why I like that. Like, is a column shift three-speed, like... Performance-wise, a good transmission by no means is not a good transmission. But it has a synchronized second and third gear. Yes. And it's got a really good shifter. But that's the thing. It's like you ask me, what is the best shifter? The best shifter is can be separate from the best transmission. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yes. And so that's my thing. It's like it might not be the best transmission, but good Lord, does that is that a good shifter? In fact, I would say that there is a little bit of an inverse curve. Yeah. Because the, the lower the power-carrying capability of the transmission... The easier and nicer it is to shift, typically. Actually, I will say, as far as cars I've personally driven more than once, is number one, 1946 Ford Flathead three-speed comm shift. Number two, AW11 MR2. Number three is... MR2's a great Yeah, shifter. that's a really good one. So um, and actually, all MR2 shifters are yeah, really MR2 good. MR2 shifters are great. And then my number three is my Civic, because I had polyurethane bushings in it and a nice metal shifter linkage that helps a ton yeah putting uh like urethane or delrin bushings on the shift cage and and getting rid of the rubber grommets on the cables no there's no cables oh that one's a linkage yes cool that's why i said that's a that's it's the mr that, then that's getting rid three. of all the rubber thingies in the linkage <laughs> yeah and then then, it, then it's literally perfect <laughs> don't put in metal because once it gets to metal <clears throat> it actually becomes problematic now nah, you want delrin you want the delrin or you want the poly but you don't want metal metals a little too like far past because it's like urethane's a good choice because once you get to that then it gets like back towards that agricultural feeling where it's well, like it, it shifts the load somewhere where it shouldn't be it's so like every time i've seen yeah. somebody put a metal piece where there should be rubber it breaks it that's what i mean like it you kind of have to like you have to treat it like a tractor if you have that you can't just like put it into gear it can't smoothly put it in the gear like right. when i say like the ford is kind of like a tractor but like smooth it's like it just goes and it just right. works. It I, just, in my brain, I'm thinking of like, okay, yeah, well, dead stopping first, obviously, because there's no synchromesion first. Yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I'm thinking about dragging the lever down at a second it's just, and just it's. It's just buttery smooth and it just works. And you got the hot, wet sound of a flathead V8 in front yeah, of you. Yeah, it's really great. It's absolutely fantastic. And the seat feels like you're inside of Snuffy's Diner. Because that's how the seat feels. That's it's where like they a came diner from. bench. Yeah. Mm, and it's best. <laughs> so comfy. Um,. Oh, so we'll talk. Let's talk about one more thing before we're done here. Um, I saw my first Ford Maverick in real life. Okay, mm. a friend of mine in Texas bought one. I don't know much about it. It's too big. I actually had to look it up because I, I mean, I really assumed that these were front wheel drive just from the unibody pickup I nature. That they were. They are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're. Did offered... they come with the auto only? Uh, Probably. Let me see. Oh no! What kind of auto? Let's find out. Configuration. Okay, so it's a two point five. NA or a two liter EcoBoost engine. Is it that dry clutch, like oh, dual clutch thing? Oh no! <laughs> is it? Uh, so the two O EcoBoost is an eight speed auto, which is probably a ZF, which is fine. But okay. the two point five liter is a power split electronically controlled CVT. That's bad. So uh, they say it's a hybrid, and uh, maybe that's okay if it's like a planetary set. But yeah, if it's if it's like anything like the power shift, they're totally screwed. But no manuals offered, which is dumb. 
Okay, whatever. But, I mean, I wasn't... Oh, Alright, so this is my thing. I was in an argument with somebody on a foreign vehicle marketplace group on Facebook where I was saying, like, a Ram 700, which is, like, the Fiat Strata. Yeah, I said that is the truck that mo- 95% of people need. Correct. Like, and everybody's making fun of it. And I'm like, all of you people are, ha- are like, you want to be a cowboy. Like, <sighs> you just don't know what you really need. Yes. Because <clears throat> what do you need? You're maybe at most. The most that truck is ever going to carry is, like, 1,200 pounds. Yeah, and like that's your argument's you, like it's yard waste or like a dresser. That's yeah. all anyone ever moves like in I their said, pickup. Like the largest item I'm ever going to feasibly put in the back of that pickup is to be a Buick nailhead. Sure. And it's totally fine. And that's it. gonna be taken immediately to an engine builder and that'll fit in any literally any truck. And the only reason it's going in a truck, not a car, is I can I don't have to worry about a roof when I'm pulling the engine out. Yep. That's yeah, a, there's a there's definitely a dance to it when you have yeah. to put it in the back of a wagon or something. It's totally yeah, doable. Yeah, that, that's but it's doable. It's tough. It's and easier the in a Buick engine's heavy enough mm-hmm. where I don't want to do that dance. Because yep. if I'm doing that dance, mm-hmm. like my limit for that dance is a uh, Toyota 7M. It's, that's like 200. Also a heavy engine. Yeah, it's like 280 pounds. Buick's like 400. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> no, I'm not playing this dance yeah. for this. Um, so yeah, with, uh, and that's what I said, like, I would legitimately be interested in getting a, uh, Dodge 700 and I actually found my loophole to get me one. In Mexico, Mexico you're never going to get the, uh, the Bremach Taos. It's looking uh, increasingly unlikely. Yeah. Fucking Vladimir Putin. Somebody needs to assassinate him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he needs what's to your go loophole? Away. He needs to go away. Um... <laughs> My loophole is, in Mexico, It's you basically need to fog a mirror to get citizenship there. Um, and I was thinking, why don't I just have an investment property or a sublet an apartment in Nueva Leon, which is the northernmost state of Mexico that's like, it's northeast, not the one that's bordering the Gulf, because that would be... Sort of expensive, I assume, to get like Probably, beach property. Yeah. Although maybe not. But like Nuevo León is like on the other side of like El Paso, Texas. Okay. So, uh, I was thinking I can get like a small uh, like rental property or a sublet or something that's on the border of Mexico, and then I can just forward all my mail from that address to Minnesota and register my Dodge Seven Hundred. To my apartment in Nueva Leon. It would probably work. Because <clears throat> then it's just, I, I, I legally live there. It's a loophole. You can That's drive probably those six trucks. months in a day, but yeah. You, well, I, there's people that actually live, like, that are Mexican citizens and, like, work here on visas and, like, have mm-hmm. been here for years with Mexican vehicles. And you just can't register them in the United States. You can drive them as much as you yeah. want, but you cannot register them here. So, so find yourself a used Yaris GR. Yes. A used Yaris GR, a Jimny, a Dodge oh, 700. God. These are that, all vehicles. All we've seen in that group. Yes. All things that are available in Mexico that I want quite bad. A Renault Twizy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. like These are all great vehicles. <laughs> You'd have to ship that. Can you imagine how long it would take to drive a Twizy up from Mexico? <laughs> oh, my land. It'd be forever. Oh, it would take a month. I'm so happy I work remotely so I could just bring a laptop with me. It would be a fascinating thing to document. <laughs> and you could do it. I mean, EVSEs are common enough but i mean wow you know what i could do is i just get a twizzy and a dodge 700 and put the twizzy on a trailer behind the dodge 700 perfect and then now i've got an ev that i want 
And I've got my pickup that I want. My tiny, <laughs> and tiny pickup. the pick most up. adorable train thing coming up from <laughs> Texas. It'd be amazing. Aww. So, yeah, that is actually, that's my loophole I, I thought of. Because, like, Mexican oh. citizenship is, like, comically easy. It's not like coming to America where you need to, like, come here and, like, claim asylum or something. Or, like, and prove you know things about our country that the yeah. citizens don't. No, Mexico is, like, they're, like, <clears throat> do, do you breathe? Cool. Do you have income? Yeah, cool. Even better. Yeah. We need your tax Can dollars. You pay taxes. We need your tax dollars. Yes, come here. And I would, I would gladly pay taxes to have a Dodge 700 or a <laughs> Renault Twizy or like any vehicle that I like. Oh my god. Well, I think at the end of this episode we should treat everybody to Boris likes a party. The uh, oh, by the way, the Maverick. Yes. The hybrid one is made in Mexico and there you the go. Uh, the EcoBoost one is made in Ohio and Valencia, Spain. Completely different factories. Very That's strange. cool. I Did bet I get... one's going to be made significantly better than the other. I would want the one made in Spain. I would, too. So you want the EcoBoost. Yes. All right. Um, EcoBoost made in Spain. Unmute this and then After this turn ad. up desktop audio. And skip ad. Click the skip ad button. Oh, God. So i got to drag the cursor. I'm not signed in, I guess. Yeah. It's literally dozens of people. All right. They can hear it now. Perfect. We can't, <laughs> but they can. Yeah, it's, it's dozens and dozens. Oh, they're of on masks too. Yeah, oh, God. I said they, they have like masks and <laughs> blonde suits. wigs, and they're dancing, <laughs> <laughs> chanting "Boris loves a party." <laughs> I hope they're all running speed cameras in that too. <laughs> Boris Johnson's had eighty-three thousand speeding fines this week. <laughs> Just look. <at> it. <laughs> it's so funny, and apparently. Like a bunch of like YouTubers. That and... dude's you got a full on yeah. bottle of uh, wine. <laughs> but there's a bunch of YouTubers and Twitch streamers that have been hiring dancers to do this. And like, I guess that's the story behind it. Is there's some people that have been hiring people to go out and do this every day <laughs> at the end of the workday at 10 Downing Street in the middle of the road. <laughs> I just love this. Well, if you this, can't go out, you got plenty of money left over. So yeah, why not hire a dancer? This, yeah, this is this is how you do a proper protest. It's right. absolutely I'm gonna go fantastic. ahead and like this video. Yes, it's a good video. Wow. <laughs> so that was a good thing to end on. So we will catch you guys next mm, week. Next week, and enjoy. Well, he's probably not even prime minister now because he's probably been recalled. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. See ya. Bye.